Listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you, Spirit of God, for your sweet manifested presence here today. I'm going into ground today that I have not done. Many of you have, have listening sat under me. Scott and Debbie, Betty, Tommy, uh, many others for 25 years. But today we're uh, going into some new ground here today. Would you turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, please? Galatians chapter 3. We've been in a series in my teaching, and I want to take a moment and thank all of those who, who listen on Facebook YouTube, our website, SoundCloud, all over the place. And I want to thank those of you who are in our local church for allowing Dean and I to be pastors at large, people all over the place. And uh, that's part of our mission. And uh, there's a whole lot of people without pastors. Did you know that? There's a whole bunch of preachers around, but not a whole lot of pastors. and some of you will understand that. And I thank you for allowing us to be your pastors, your spiritual shepherds. And for all of those who listen diligently to our word all over the place, we thank you as well. May God bless the hearing of this word today. Lord, we just ask for the anointing of the Spirit of God. We ask you, O oh Lord, that your word may go forth in the Spirit like a sharp sword that we would be taught and counseled, that we would be warned, and that we would be protected. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, amen. The book of Galatians is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, epistle of all. Galatia was not a city, it was a province, it was an area, it was um, a, a, a province with many cities in it, cities like Antioch, Lystra, Iconium places like that as you read about in the book of Acts. But there was a mighty work of the Spirit of God there uh, in the Galatian region, a mighty work, and churches were planted all over the region. Mighty miracles had taken place. And as Paul and his cohorts had preached the Word of God, people were set free. But then um, the devil came in through the back door, and he began to sow seeds of deceit into the body of Christ. And it was so grievous to the apostle. But we can see things like this happening today as I sought the Lord on where to go today. It was very clear that he wanted me to go to Galatians 3. I thought that it was another part of the third chapter that I was to minister on, but it was not. Let's begin with verse 1, and today we're talking about how to throw your spiritual growth into reverse. I've been teaching uh, three other times, or two other times on spiritual growth, but you know there's something that can happen that'll throw it into reverse. Uh, As I've said before many times, all you got to do to go downhill is put put it in neutral. You just roll backwards, gravity will take care of that. 
It's the same is true in our spiritual journey. If we're not growing, if we're not sinking our roots more deeply into the Lord and His Word, uh, we begin to roll off uh, the main line of, of growth and we don't even know it. But uh, that something insidious was happening in the Galatian church. And Paul writes in chapter 3 and verse 1 and he says an amazing um, corrective word. Oh foolish Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? That's an interesting word. Who has bewitched you? Who has cast a spell on you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. You got revelation that it was for you he died. You got the revelation that the only the Spirit of God can do that draws you into Christ. I got it as a nine-year-old boy. The Spirit of God showed you that Jesus bled and died for you, that it was your sin that nailed him to the cross. You got it. You got revelation of it. But somebody's cast a spell on you. You've been bewitched. Wow. This only I would have learned from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law? That is, did you earn your way to get the Spirit of God? Did you, did you earn your salvation or did you earn the relationship with the Holy Spirit through your great performance or did you receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith? The hear, get those words in your inner man. The hearing of faith. In fact, I want everybody to say it with me. The hearing of faith. Say it again. The hearing of faith. Romans 10, 17. How does faith come? Faith cometh by. And hearing by the, the rhema, the spoken word of God. Spirit of God speaking his word. So Paul says, did you... See, there was a group of people who had come into the church, and they were termed Judaizers because they, they began hearing this marvelous word that it's by grace you're saved, through faith. They received the Holy Spirit of God on their in, uh, in their inner man, but a group began to come into the body of Christ and began to say to them, it's not enough for you to receive Jesus, to know the Holy Spirit, unless you go by these things we're about to tell you. you. You've got to not only receive the Lord, but you've got to obey everything that's in the old law. Now remember what the Bible says that the law did. It was a schoolmaster, old, old-time Language says it was a plumb line. You know what a level is, don't you? A level doesn't make anything straight. It just tells you how far off a straight you are. And that's what the Bible says the law was. It showed you how far off you were. It's through the mercy and the grace of God that we're saved, not through being able to perform to a standard. All have sinned and fallen short of that standard. 
And what, 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 what the word is saying here is these had come back. They had been ensnared. In fact, in chapter 5, uh, Paul says in verse 7, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Somebody with skin on began to add to the gospel. Somebody began to tell you, you can't really have a great relationship with the Lord. Yes, faith in Christ is good. Yes, receiving the Spirit of God is good. But you've got to also live up to all these things that are in all these laws. In other words, you've got to go by what we say or you ain't got it. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. Notice uh, what he says next. Having begun, are you so foolish? Verse 3, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? That is by your own ability, in your own self-will. Are you saying that you started with the spirit of God, but now you get accepted and perfected by the works that originate from you instead of Christ. Let me say that again. <laughs> and do you know that er- almost every one of us have fallen into some semblance of that in our journey? We've received the Lord and we've, we've received Him and, and the beautiful deposit of the Holy Spirit in our life, but somewhere along the way, we get to feeling that although we were saved by grace through the marvelous forgiveness of the Lord, somehow we were saved by grace, but we're accepted based on our performance. Well, I'm not the mom or the husband or the dad or the wife. I'm not the child that I ought to be. I've made some mistakes. I've fallen short. I've disappointed people. If I can just get everything together, if I can just get it all together, then God will be pleased with me. Can I tell you something? Who you really are in Christ, if you have received him as a free gift, who you really are in Christ, he's not going to be more pleased with you than he is now. He may not be pleased with how we've thought and spoken and acted out of line with who he is. But your identity, as far as he's concerned, you've been crucified with Christ. As far as he's concerned, your citizenship is in heaven. As far as he's concerned, in Christ Jesus, he sees you holy and righteous and blameless and accepted. That doesn't mean that that we get to just say uh, it's it's okay for me to do and say and choose anything I want to because of grace. That's not true. It's not okay. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the ability to live up to what God has called us to do. But it takes grace. And Paul said, you start it out. In the Spirit, in the grace of God, recognizing your relationship with God was a gift of grace. So now you think you're going to get accepted by how you perform? Have you suffered, verse 4, so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, 
Listen, oh boy, listen to this. I love this verse. Verse 5. He who supplies the Spirit to you. Who is that? Who gives you the Holy Spirit? We're going to see that in a minute. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. You want to see a miracle? Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Does he do it by the works of the law, by your own performance, or does he do miracles? Does he supply the Spirit by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. That is, God has put a receiver on the inside of every one of us, and when that, re- that, when that receiver, our human heart, is born again, then the Spirit of God comes to live in our human spirit. And we still get wavelengths and we get, we get all kind of interference out there from the world and even our own flesh who we used to be. But our born-again person has you know, on the inside of us the Spirit of God. God supplies us with the Spirit. All right, now <clears throat> let's go here to John chapter 14. I want to show you something. I want to show you who supplies you with the Spirit. Well, uh, let's, let's be accurate with it. John 14, verse 16. Jesus said on, it, on, on the, the last days before he was crucified and left us, I will pray the Father, verse 16, 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. In the Greek, that means another just like me. A helper, an encourager, a comforter. A parakletos, one who is called alongside to, to assist you, that he may abide with you, the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive the spirit of truth. It doesn't see him. It doesn't know him. It, but you will know him because he dwells with you and he will be in you. Hallelujah. If you've received Christ as your Lord, the Holy Spirit of truth lives on the inside of you. Are you listening? Am I listening to the Spirit of truth? Look at verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Parakletos, the one called alongside to help, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. So who is going to send the Holy Spirit to the believer? God. And what is the Holy Spirit going to to bear witness of to the believer. I want you to turn uh, to chapter 16 of John. 16. Oh boy. Look at verse uh, 13. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus, for he will take what is in mine and declare it to you. You don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's just like Jesus. He behaves himself just like Jesus. He loves like Jesus. He's not some weird, fanatical ghost floating around out there. He is the Spirit of the Lord, sent by God with the character of Jesus. And what does Jesus have? Verse 15, all the things that the Father has are mine. 
And therefore I said to you that he, the Spirit, will take what is mine and declare it to you. Oh, my. What does Jesus have right now at the right hand of the Father? Oh, my. All things that pertain to life and godliness. The giver of the Holy Spirit is the Father. The Spirit imparts to us. And when you read and study chapter 13 through chapter 17 of the Gospel of John, you find out that the Holy Spirit is a counselor. He guides you. He, he's a guide. You know what a guide is? A guide's not a dictator. A guide, somebody says, come on, let's go this way. Well, you know what? I think it's better if we go this way. A guide's not somebody that beats you up if you make a mistake. A guide is say, oh, come over here. Not some dictatorial taskmaster. A guide. A counselor. You need some counsel? I don't know about you, but boy, am I have never had a season in my life where I knew how much I needed wisdom than I do in this season. Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> Spirit of God is a counselor. He's a guide. He's a comforter. He's a companion. He will teach you all things. He's the master teacher. He's an encourager. He's called alongside to encourage you, not to beat you up. He's a witness of God's provision and inheritance. You remember Romans 8, don't you? Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit wants to tell you if you belong to Christ that you're in the family. And if children, then you're an heir, heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Hallelujah. What a wonderful promise. What Paul is saying to the church there in Galatia is, hey, you've gotten, you've, you have left what the Spirit wants to do in you by listening to all these others who are telling you this, 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 and this. Okay, I want to tell all of you, church, and for all of you out there who consider Dean and I your pastors, you better be careful who you're listening to these days. The Bible says there are seducing spirits. There are those who want to tell you something that will make you feel good about something that is not true. A seduction. The spirit of truth. The word, uh, Jesus prayed for his disciples and us on the night he was betrayed and he said, Father, sanctify them, keep them in the truth, thy word is truth. There are seducing spirits out there who want to tell you that you should just make up your own mind that the Bible is not accurate. It was just a bunch of fables written together. But the Scripture says, Paul even calls it the Holy Scriptures. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you something, if the Word of God is not the truth, you don't have anything to stand on. So if you think it's all swell because you know Jesus and He's going to take you to heaven, but you don't know whether the Word of God is accurate or not, then uh, how would you even know there is a heaven without the Word of God? How do you know that? 
And there are those out there who are being used to deceive the body of Christ, trying to get you to deconstruct what you believe based on the word of the living God. There are those out there who are, who are, who've got little circles who believe that on the other side that they are the only that they're the only receivers and depositors of truth and if you don't listen to what they and their little group says then you you somehow you're an inferior in 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 your journey with Jesus can i tell you something i want you to listen to me loud and clear don't listen to that nonsense you're a son and a daughter of the king and that's royal There are those out there um, who are <coughs> claiming <coughs> to be uh, that they are prophesying in the name of the Lord, and uh, if you look real carefully, you'll see that sometimes there are things that are leaning toward occultism rather than the true Word of God. Be careful. I am, am coming into contact with some of that. Turn with me to First uh, Corinthians 14. I want to give a word of thanks here on the back of your outline. I'm going somewhere where I haven't been, especially not lately. I want to tell you about something beautiful and wonderful and real that is being misused in this day and time we're in. Prophecy. In the First Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, Paul is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. In Romans 12, he talks about the manifestation gifts of the Father, that is, that your, your spiritual DNA, how you're wired spiritually and the giftings there. The office gifts of, Hebrew, uh, of Ephesians 4 are the gifts of the Son. And now in these passages, we, we learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gift of prophecy is a good gift. It is, listen, it is receiving, hearing, and then speaking, delivering a message from the Spirit of God given to someone else. I'm going to say that again. It is a message, and I don't have this definition written in your outline. It is a message given by the Spirit of God to someone for the purpose of delivering it to someone else. And in and of itself, it is a legitimate gift. In fact, chapter 14, verse 1 the word says, pursue love and desire, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 
especially that you may hear a message from the Lord and be willing to deliver it to someone else that he assigns you to give it to. The Bible says here that we as believers ought to desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we may be able to hear the voice of the Lord clearly and be able to speak that message to someone else. Are we doing that? Are we desiring spiritual gifts, and do we especially desire the ability to hear the voice of God and the, and the, the obedience to share it with those whom God would intend to hear it? And I want to thank Elder Gene Carey back there for helping me. I submitted this teaching uh, to him over the weekend. And why did I do that? He's an elder of the church. He's a faithful man. And he has more experience than I do in, in the realm of uh, the prophetic. Um, and, you know, by the way, while I'm here, let me just stop right here and say some things. We have people in our local congregation here. Uh, who God speaks to in ways that maybe you or I may not receive that. I can't remember a single time in my whole journey with the Lord that the Lord spoke to me directly through a dream. But the Bible's very clear that in the last days, the days that we're living in, this side of the resurrection of Jesus, that God speaks in dreams and visions. Now, God speaks to Pastor Wayne in dreams. God speaks to Donnie Finley back there in dreams. God speaks to Sandra Joan Mincy in dreams. I know that, Pastor, because they have come to me and submitted those dreams and what they believe God was saying, and it's right on target. And they are faithful, legitimate, balanced believers. Um, if one of them, or if Miss Louise Glenn, tells me, Pastor, I think the Lord has spoken something and that I'm supposed to share it with you, I listen. Now, there have been times, Squealy, in my, my long journey, Betty, Tommy, I won't been with a long time. There have been times when people have come up to me and said, I believe the Lord's telling me to tell you. And my spirit says, hey, here's what my mouth says. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. Here's what my spirit says. Nah. Has that ever happened to you? Nah. Can I tell you something? It's the Holy, it's the Spirit of truth who lives on the inside of you if you're a believer. And if it's the truth, His Spirit on the inside of you is going to bear witness that it's the truth. But don't buy everything you hear just because somebody said, the Lord told me to tell you. That's not always true. Sometimes believers get mistaken and they say things 
that come out of the mind instead of the spirit. Well, don't throw them in the garbage because they're trying. Just judge what you hear on the basis of the Word of God and the Spirit of God who indwells you as a believer. So the legitimate gift is something that we should seek, that we should be open to. In fact, um, (laughs) here's something that for those of you in places of leadership, In chapter 14, in uh, verse 39, therefore, brethren, desire, desire earnestly to prophesy, to hear from the Lord so that he may share that to whom he so desires. Desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. I've had somebody say, well, I don't know about all that. Here's what I know. I know what this word says. And that's what we're going to go by. Now, there are guidelines to both of these gifts. Guidelines. There are things to keep you in balance so that you, you know, you know why the things are there to keep you in balance? So somebody don't try to draw attention to themselves instead of Jesus. Right. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. It's a good gift to be desired, but number one, it has to line up with the Word of God. That is, the spoken, the rhema of God to be legit has to line up with the logos, the written Word of God. The Spirit of God inspires the Word of God. That is, full and forever. He also speaks through the rhema, but if that rhema don't line up with that logos, with that written word, it's out of bounds. Because the Spirit doesn't speak with uh, (laughs) disputing terms. It is in the, and I want to tell you, um, looking at verse uh, 29, a lot of times, those in prophetic groups, look at verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. What does that mean? That means you don't just swallow everything that somebody tells you in a prophecy. It has to come into the judgment of other mature people. This is in the context of mature believers. Look at verse 32, the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. So you can't just operate out there as, I'm God's gift to the church. I have the only word, and if you don't listen to and obey my word, you're out of line. No, that is out of line. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Lines up with the word. It is affirmed by the Holy Spirit in the giver and the receiver. I just talked about that. It passes the test of agreement and or correction by others in the prophetic gifting. I just read that scripture to you. Subject to others. But I want you to notice something here that prophecy and prophets 
seem to be missing. What's the purpose of hearing a message from God and relating it to somebody else, which is a good gift? What is the purpose of it? Look at verse 3. He who prophesies legitimately speak, listen, speaks edification, building up, and exhortation, calling up, and comfort, healing up. He who prophesies under the direction of the Holy Spirit speaks building up, calling up, and healing up in that word. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what true prophecy is supposed to do. Not tell you who the next president of the United States is going to be and then miss it. I'm serious. You got to watch those who say they're prophets who foretell the future. Are you hearing me? Legitimate prophecy is a gift of God, but make sure it lines up with the Word of God. Then notice again in verse 31 and 32, a lot of of prophets, so-called prophets, don't submit to spiritual authority. Spiritual authority is not control and manipulation. It's not a hierarchy. Spiritual authority is given to mature believers, leaders, shepherds who are responsible and will have to give an account to God for how they led and fed the church. Uh Uh-oh. That means that That passage that says that those of us in place of spiritual leadership, remember what uh, James says, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that as such you will receive the stricter judgment. Uh, That's not my favorite Bible verse. But it is the truth. A sobering truth. There is spiritual leadership. There is spiritual authority. Let's look at verse 31 and 32. You can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be, cur- and may be encouraged. And the spirit of prophets are subject to the prophets. But remember, that is over time you can all prophesy, but in a... In a Ecclesia, a gathering of the church, two or three. Why? Because there's other things that are supposed to be done at a church. You, you need to come together and worship. You need to come together and pray. You need to come together and celebrate the Lord's table. You need to come together and hear the teaching of the Word. First Thessalonians 5.12 Honor those who are over you in the Lord. Uh Uh-oh, over you in the Lord. What does that mean? 
God has called out those with a calling to, to watch over the body, his, his, to shepherd his sheep. And the Word says to honor those. You know, Dean and I went and met with our, those who are over us in the Lord just recently. We needed prayer and advice and counsel. Go to those who are over you in the Lord. I'm accountable the way I live my life to the elders of this church. I'm accountable to the trustees of this church. I don't even have a vote in my own compensation. I can be terminated today if I embarrass the Lord. Are you listening to me? Don't follow somebody without accountability. I said, don't follow somebody who doesn't have any accountability. But what we see in this day and time, through the internet, and, and there doesn't have to be accountability. You can get out there and express anything you want to say, and you can say it, that I heard it from God himself. And you can spread it out there and, and potentially have an audience in the world. Beware. Just because you see it in print does not make it true. Hebrews 13, 7 says to obey, follow those in places of leadership uh, who will give an account of themselves. 1 Corinthians 14, 40, are you, are you still there? Let all things be done decently and in order. Some have left our church because we demand that things be done decently and in order, but that ain't my rule, that's the Word of God. Do you know freedom with order is a beautiful thing? Freedom with order is a beautiful thing. But it's got to be in line with the Word of God. So beware. 1 John 4, 1 says, test the spirits. <laughs> test the spirits. Beware of those who predict the future in the name of the Lord, my Lord. You can do what you want to, but if I'm you, I'd, I would really be careful about that. You can go to a fortune teller down here on the street and get some, some of that. Beware of those who seem to have all the answers and never admit their own failures and weaknesses. Oh my. There are some in, these, in the spiritual realm who believe that they have all authority from God. They never admit that they fail or they're weak or need prayer. They're, they're just, they set themselves up as just got it all together and never sin or anything. Stay away from them. Amen. Stay away from those who are controlling and manipulative and trying to bring others under condemnation if they don't follow every little thing that those 
prophets say. Beware of those who have no accountability or no spiritual covering. Oh foolish America, who has bewitched you? Who has cast a spell on you? It's a serious thing. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my rock and stay. And when He shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found. Dressed in His righteousness alone, faultless to stand for the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Stand with me, let's sing this together. Chorus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope. Built on nothing less. Thank you that you are the gift. Thank you that you give gifts. May we pursue those. May we pursue the ability to hear your voice and the willingness to release that which you say. Understanding, Lord, that we're not independent loose cannons out there but we are to walk in submission and authority and obedience surrender let your word go forth and do its mighty work Lord correct us where we're wrong 
So many times we are wrong, if not in our words and actions, in our motives. Show us, Lord. Show me those areas where my standard is inferior to yours. Where my words and my thoughts and my emotions are not lined up with your perfect love and the patience that is in there. Would you protect those who hear the word today? Keep us from being foolish, Lord. Keep us from somehow believing and acting as if it's up to us now to get it all together instead of earnest, humble reliance and expectation on the Spirit of God who lives in us. It's you, Lord. It's you. We're totally dependent on you. Make us aware, Lord, when we become judgmental. Make us aware where we have made ourselves the standard of righteousness instead of you, Lord Jesus. And forgive us. May we always remember, God, that it's about your mercy and grace. Thank you for your holy and mighty word. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.